You're listening to a People of Note podcast, as heard on Classic 1027. Good evening and welcome to People of Note on Classic 1027. This program is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8, and in it I talk to someone who is a person of note and we listen to music of their choice. And tonight we have Dr. or is it Professor Russell Lurie, or perhaps it's both. Well, we'll leave it at Professor. <laughs> <laughs> professor Russell Lurie, who was a professor at Witts University of what, Russell? Maxillofacial and oral surgery. There we go, maxillofacial and oral surgery. Uh, and presumably, therefore, you went through the Department of Dentistry, did you? Absolutely. Started at the dental school in... Hmm, I'll have to work this one out. <laughs> Nine, some years ago. Some years ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and yes. and uh, what is your your origin? How did you get into dentistry? Okay, by default. Um, firstly, I'd also like to say good evening to all the listeners and to thank you, Richard, for um, inviting me to come and be interviewed. It's a great pleasure. What got me into dentistry? Well, I didn't really start there. I grew up and matriculated in Potterstrom, and my whole idea was to work behind the cashier in my father's general store and the sweet counter, but he had other thoughts for me, and um, after going through a number of business tests like weighing sugar, flour, dates, raisins, and then trying to scratch your head, uh, it soon tended to put me off, and university was then the direction to go to. But my backside was bruised quite significantly with my matric results. I just, just made it. And so by the time it came to apply to go to university, things had closed, and there I was. So with the help of friends... Uh, I got into Rhodes University, and I spent a year at Rhodes University, and growing up in Potterstrom, an only child, this was a strange world to me, and I was in residence, away from the comfort of my home, no family, I battled academically at Rhodes University, and the only degree I came out with at Rhodes was a first-year degree in sociable sciences. <laughs> um, wine and beer and women and <laughs> were the object of the day. You'd been released from Potterstrom. I'd been released from Potterstrom. And so um, I came back for the holidays not knowing what to do, and eventually I said, well, I'm going to go and do medicine. Gosh, but, that, was, that was quite a bold step. Yep, but that just didn't work because I wasn't accepted because my matric poor marks was amplified by my Rhodes University academic record, which I think that they keep sheltered. And um, after much pleading and visiting the university, I was accepted to do a first-year BSc. So I said, well, that's great, because the first two years of a BSc, a medical BSc, gets you done with anatomy and physiology and into medicine, you hop. But that wasn't to be. I passed my first year. Second year medicine was full. And it was the Friday before the university started when Vernon Woods, who, by the way, he was a soccer critic, he was also the registrar at Fitz University Dental School, called up my father and said, if your boy wants a position in dentistry in second year, they've just had a pullout of potential students. But I need to come to... Johannesburg to register before 4.30 in the afternoon. Well, my father had this general store. I've never seen him um, get so flustered as he did then because there were customers, there were orders that needed to be put out. But I said, come on, Dad, we've got no choice. 
and off we went. We came to Johannesburg, we registered, and um, it didn't stop there because I got to uh, second year and we didn't have emails and we didn't have uh, cell phones and we didn't have beepers in those days, 19, oh, whatever. Some years ago. Some years ago. <laughs> I get a telegram uh, from Professor Julius Stairs, Dean of the Faculty of Dentistry. I must be in his office at 10 o'clock on Monday morning, which I put on my best blue suit and straightened the tie knot and off we went to, well, we, me, uh, went to Professor Stairs and I don't recall the movie with Charlie Chaplin and Mussolini where um, Mussolini and uh, sat on a higher chair than his visitors. Was this the great dictator? The great dictator, yes. yes. And I was looking at this great dictator sitting there with his big hands and his big thumbs. And he said to me, I know your type. You are going to try to use my faculty as a stepping stone to medicine. But you will never get into a medical school without my uh, consent and assistance, etc. So you make up your mind now. And I made it up very quickly, and I would stay. <laughs> and I would change my tech and become a dentist. And my um, travels through five and a half years of dental school were wonderful because I believe I'd got all the nonsense out of me at Rhodes University. I so, knew yeah. what to expect from lectures, from their likes and dislikes, and how they wanted you as a student to learn. So I was perhaps a little bit maturer than somebody that came out of matric. And so um, went through the studies of um, dentistry, five and a half years of it, and I met my wife some 18 months before I qualified, Angela. She was doing a librarianship a degree at Wits, and she came from Potrif uh, from um, Volkswagen. So here we had two country bumpkins <laughs> attached to each other. We had something in common, and we got married in August '65, and then in '66 we caught the Windsor Castle and sailed to England, where we spent two years exploring and learning and travelling. And bought, growing and growing and up. Growing up. Yeah. Bought a little mini mini minor car, took the back seat out, had put in a gas stove and travelled and went into yeah. various supermarkets and bought the French loaf and so, great story. Yeah. Yeah. But now uh, as well as all that, uh, music has obviously played an important part yeah. in your life. And I think let's hear your first <laughs> choice of music, which is uh, Well, my first choice of music I would very much like you to play a tune in Hebrew, it comes from the liturgy. And perhaps I should just warn the audience that this program will be a mixture of English and um, Hebrew liturgical and throwing in a little bit of a Zulu song as well. And um, the so song that we're going to do pronounce is Shehechianu, Shehechianu, Vikimanu, Lazman Hazeh. It's a blessing for the first time that one does something or eats a fruit of um, newly grown fruit, it's showing the good Lord above that we appreciate things that are good. And um, yes, and that is the first. Here it comes, Shehechayanu. That was a piece called Shehechayanu by Mayor Machtenberg. And it featured a whole lot of uh, local musicians, Stephen Lees, Chili Chrysler, Russell Lurie, my guest in People of Note, Ezra Scher, and the Johannesburg Jewish Male yeah. Choir. And, and I think that's an important thing to mention at this stage because um, I became involved with the uh, Johannesburg Jewish Male Choir in the days of Johnny Gluck, right. cantor Johnny Gluck, who was a, a fantastic singer 
and an amazing cantor. And unfortunately passed very early in his life. Yeah. But, uh, and I used to be involved, uh, the conductor of the Joburg Jewish Male Choir was a chap called Gus Levy. Gus Levy, Levy yes. Who was a member of the National Symphony Orchestra yeah. when, when I was involved with it. And that's how I became involved. So this tradition of, of male singing goes back a long way. It goes back to temple years um, because the Rabbis at the time, and now we're talking 3,000 years ago, felt that men and women singing together could cause all sorts of shenanigans. And so they were separated. And um, in the Orthodox camp, men only, women only. And in fact, when women sing, men should not be listening to them because it can cause the same hormonal effects <laughs> being next to a woman. Uh, in the progressive movement, originally called reform, that uh, halakha, that legal uh, activity has been watered down and men and women in the progressive Judaism do sing together. So... Tell me a little bit about how you got involved in music, because uh, your music okay. choices are very particular, and it's, it's obviously an interesting story yeah. too. I was always influenced by somebody somewhere along the line, and I had a cousin who was a great jazz pianist. He went on to become a doctor and um, lived in Johannesburg, and I, when we visited Johannesburg for the weekend, my father and his brother and the sister-in-laws uh, cousin Aubrey would sit down at the piano and play jazz. Um, I, in the meantime, in Potterstrom, was introduced to a Mrs. Cantor. Interesting the name, Mrs. Cantor. She was a music teacher, but she was hard of hearing. And all I remember was playing Shawm music exercises with her as she went along and she had a ruler on the <laughs> on the back of the hand and when you made a mistake she picked up the ruler and whacked you with the thing. However, I eventually went to my parents and I said, this is not for me. My father in the interim had gone along to a music store in Johannesburg and they got a baby, baby grand piano for their son. And I said, this is not for me and I took the cover of the keys and I shut it. I said, I want to learn jazz like Aubrey. And my mother, being very conservative, said, jazz is for ducktails. <laughs> now, I don't know if people remember that era where the hair was combed and at the back, certainly in the men, like a duck's tail. <laughs> and narrow stovepipe jeans and so on and she was emphatic and I just shut myself off from playing um, the piano. Yeah. At Potch Boys High they tried to get me to play the clarinet but I couldn't get a sound out of it and um, if I tell you a little story about my father uh, he couldn't understand it. Richard, I'm sure you know of the High Holy Days in Jewish religion, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. And during the services, the ram's horn or shofar used to be blown. And my father was the shofar blower. And he used to chant the services as well. And he got the recognition of being the Harry James of Potterstrom Hebrew Congregation. And for the listeners, Harry James was a wonderful trumpeter in the United States. So, so maybe you should have chosen the trumpet instead of the clarinet. Well, <laughs> Mr. Smith didn't allow that. <laughs> you play what I want you to play. Yeah. So obviously you still have uh, a love for, for jazz. Um, tell us about your next choice, which is Barbara Streisand and John yeah. Legend. What kind of fool am I? Well, this is a wonderful musical um, Stop the World I Want to Get Off in the early 60s I was at Wits University already and um, 
Barbara Streisand has got, to me, one of the finest, smoothest voices, expressive, and with her typical Jewish nose and Brooklyn accent, and I have a connection in Brooklyn because my eldest daughter and grandchildren live in Brooklyn. I think that the way she expresses the music is just so beautiful. And this was a disc that was cut in which she invited young aspirant um, stars, in inverted commas, to sing with her. And the song that I've chosen off the disc is What Kind of Fool Am I? Here it comes. That was Barbara Streisand and John Legend singing What Kind of Fool Am I? The choice of Russell Lurie, who's my guest in People of Note. He was professor of Max Lowe Facial and Oral Dentistry, oral surgery. oral surgery at Wits University. And we were talking about uh, musicals there. And I, your, your next choice is also from a musical, Bring Him Home. This sounds as though it was especially uh, written, well, not quite for you, but you were a homeboy by the sound of it. You loved home and family. I did. Um, as I mentioned earlier, when I went to Rhodes University, I was alone. As they say in Afrikaans, stok For the first time in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And when I came to Wits, my dad's eldest brother and sister-in-law offered me accommodation. And there I was surrounded at a proper, well-laid dinner table, decent breakfast, evening meal. And surrounded by love. And surrounded by love and family and yeah. friends. Yeah. Makes a difference. Makes a huge difference. Yeah. And, and so this is Bring Him Home from Les Miserables, and, but the singer is important. Yes. Absolutely. You've picked up that uh, nuance that the song in this um, in this edition was is sung by a cantor, Netan L. Hurstic. His father was the head cantor in the Jerusalem synagogue. And I first bumped Netan L. when he was seven years of age. The Johannesburg Jewish Male Choir was on a tour, its first tour, to Israel to celebrate something. I think it was the 25th anniversary of the unification of Jerusalem. I, I don't recall completely. And this little boy sang uh, in falsetto a part from the liturgy. And we as 35 men sang with him. And the conductor, chap by the name of Levy, held the choir at such a level of discipline that you, you just poured the, me, the, the music out of your mouth and you felt the solemnity of what you were doing. And he has progressed to be today perhaps the world's finest cantor. And he visited South Africa three years ago and uh, put on a concert which was wonderfully accepted. And um, that's how we got to Canton of Netanel Hurstic. And here he is singing. Not only does he yeah. sing in the synagogue, but he sings on the concert stage as well. And this is Bring Him Home from Les Miserables. Yeah. That was Bring Him Home from Les Miserables. Uh, the singer was cantor Netanel Hurstic. And it's the choice of Professor Russell Lurie, who's my guest in People of Note. Could, could I add one more yes. aspect? This song became an international plea to a terrorist group uh, in the Gaza Strip. They had captured a young Israeli soldier who was in captivity for four years. And whatever concert you went to, that um, this song was put on, comment was made that this song is sung as a plea to God to ensure that this young man came out of all this alive and not too unscathed. Yeah, so music, of course, has a great power for us. And I was just thinking uh, on the way here this morning to our studios about how um, music and the arts have been so damaged during the COVID um, pandemic. 
And uh, I just had a call um, about the uh, Hilton Arts Festival, which is in danger of closing down, as are many organizations. And we need to bring the arts home. I was thinking, you know, uh, we've had fantastic uh, plaudits for the health workers, but actually our musicians uh, and artists look after the soul of the nation. And we need to look after them as well because uh, we need to restore our souls in many ways. And I'm sure you would agree you were talking about the young uh, singer and and how uh, the emotion of the moment is so important. And we mustn't lose our emotions in the pandemic. I see now when we go to synagogue Friday night, Saturday mornings, it's to say a few prayers. But whether the emotion is there, whether the veracity of praying has disappeared, but without a choir, and as you know, the regulations are no choirs, Mm -hmm. and the cantor literally spits out the words of the liturgy. So there's no beauty in it. I hope I won't be punished for making that statement. <laughs> no, no, but I know but, um, I know what you're saying is uh, the prayers are no less heartfelt and sure, true, sure. but the the singing and uh, the the music, of course, adds a whole other dimension yeah. to it. And and uh, singing the services uh, is a very important part of the liturgy. Not only in Judaism, yes. but in yeah. all religions. Sure. And and what is this? The, the next piece, Mizmor Shir. Yes. Uh, just tell me about that. Mizmor Shir is Psalm thirty, sung every day of the every morning, at the uh, early morning prayers. We have prayers three times a day: early morning, uh, during the morning, and then evening prayers. And Mizmor Shir is um, Psalm thirty, which I mentioned before. It's a special psalm uh, asking God that in a time of battle or a time of being threatened, that if we do suffer the effects of the trauma of losing something, God will ensure that the foes of the house of Israel won't aggravate the situation by torture and so it's it's a protective mechanism and here it comes and it's a very powerful very yeah. powerful psalm Mismor Shia uh, the singers here include Avron Alter Chili Chrysler Russell Lurie my guest on People of Note and Ezra Shah and of course the Johannesburg Jewish Male Choir that was Psalm 30 Mismor Shia by Oscar Julius. The singers there were Avron Alter, Chili Chrysler, Russell Lurie, Ezra Scher, and the Joburg Jewish Male Choir. Russell, does that choir still exist? Very much so. We just have not been able to yeah. concertize. We haven't been able to travel. We um, travel to countries in, such as Israel. We did two trips. Australia, we did two trips. Uh, the UK... And greatest feeling of power and strength was when we sang at the Barbican in London. And I see you smiling. Yeah. So you obviously know there's strict rules. Yes. If you went over time, it was 10 pounds a minute. <laughs> and tell me the origins of that choir, because I yeah. know Johannesburg, or perhaps South Africa, has produced well above its its uh, weight in in cantorial singers, I think. So there's obviously a good tradition of cantorial singing in South Africa. Cantorial singing goes back 3,000 years until the desecration of the first temple. And then there was a second temple. And as a respect or aspect of mourning, choirs sang without accompaniment. So it was a cappella. And... The choir was formed following the passing of Johnny Gluck. 
a memorial concert was put up, put on the Linda Auditorium. Uh, we had the concert in two evenings, 2,000 people. But in those days, the community, the Jewish community and the rest of the community were of a substantial number. And um, it was decided to remember Johnny through music and the music that he loved. And so Gus Levy, who you mentioned before, Bob Borowski, wonderful baritone singer, sang for Pact at the time, Lior Himmelstein, young man, beautiful arranger, Music used to be written by composers in Europe, Lewandowski, Rossini, um, one or two others. But they wrote the music for male and female choir. But of course, when the orthodoxy established itself, they said, uh-uh. So, Lior Himmelstein and his father grabbed the day, Carpe Diem, and they rearranged TTBB music. That's two tenors, two bass levels for our, yeah. our listeners. And he put it into four-part harmony. Tenor one, tenor two, bass one, bass two. And that was how this came about. Yeah. And here comes uh, another example of it. This is a piece called Al-Hanissim. Yeah. Let's listen to it and then you can tell us about it. Well, there it was. That was Al-Hanissim, which Russell was talking about. I'm always interested in the Jewish community in South Africa because you, I don't know if we mentioned right at the beginning that your family came from Lithuania. And and it seems that the uh, Jewish community in South Africa was largely Lithuanian, which seems amazing that it was so unicultural, as it were. Well, again, I must take rewind the clock, if you don't mind. Uh, the Jewish people were settled by various tyrants uh, in pales of settlement, in ghettos. And they had to make a living, they had to... But they sang and they danced. And um, then came 1939 to 1943, the Holocaust which just disseminated the Jewish people and anybody who was somebody, be it a cantor, doctor, or a physician, a lawyer, they had a number imprinted on the forearm. And they were never known as Rabbi so-and-so, Dr. so-and-so. They were numbers. And with the Holocaust, when... People were freed. They had nowhere to go to. But slowly, slowly they found help in the little villages. But many of the families made strides in trying to get to other countries where anti-Semitism was believed not to exist. And so the majority of people tried to get to the Americas. North America in particular, but with a quota system. And I don't know who the uh, president of America was in those days. Couldn't have been worse than the cowboy that has just been um, led out. Uh, they traveled, and it was easier to get into South Africa. There were political implications in that um there were changes on the horizon of the politics in South Africa, a change from General Smuts's party to that of D.F. Milan. But your family came here in the 20s. 20s, yes, yes. yes. So, um, um, but there was still yes. a quota system, yes. but not as marked as in the United States. Yeah. But it's amazing that so many uh, people from Lithuania came to yeah. South Africa. And obviously, you formed a very tight community here. Right. I'm not you, but I mean your yeah, parents. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. sure. Um, it's, it's a very interesting thing. Um, but 
the music, I'm sure, brought you all together. And your next choice uh, features someone that I know well, Avron Alta. Uh, this is Va'al Kulam, is it? Yeah, that's Va'al Kulam. Um, again, this is an exaltation of the good Lord above for giving us succor. And uh, he was the beneficent one. And so we say, he's given us so much. He's our father. We need to say thank you. And the whole nation, Va'al Kulam, gives thanks to God for looking after us. Here it is. Beautifully sung. That was Avron Alta and the Joburg Jewish Male Choir singing Va'al Kulam. May your name be blessed and exalted. The choice of Professor Russell Lurie, who's my guest in People of Note. When you um, had finished your studies, uh, I mean, how did you get from being uh, what you were? I, I presume you started life as a practicing dentist, mm -hmm. and then you went back into academia somehow. Yeah. I practiced in London. Those are the days of the national health, and dentists did financially very well. And so we spent two years earning money, blowing it on travel somewhere, getting on a ferry. Uh, and um, I did dentistry in London. And while traveling, we learned that we were going to expect our first child. And Angela suddenly felt that there was the need to have family surrounding her. So we returned. And I got a job in Johannesburg, and then I joined a practice, and I remained in general practice for seven years. But all along, the little touch of medicine slash surgery still hindered me. I hadn't quite achieved that. And we were out for a weekend in Potterstrom and there was a family friend who was a general surgeon and he said to me you don't need to go back to medical school for another five years in dentistry there is a specialty called maxillofacial neural surgery and there is a bright man who is head of department by the name of Lester Brown this family friend opened his diary, looked under B for Brown, and got him on the line and said, Lester, I'm sending you a young man who will make, and I say this in all humility, a reasonably good maxillofacial surgeon. And um, that was where the input came initially, and Lester would follow my career. After I graduated, we became house friends, no longer Professor Brown, and thank you, Professor. Good morning, Professor. It was Lester and Russell. So that's where I yeah. got my final satisfaction. I felt that I'd reached the pinnacle of my career, what I wanted to do. As this surgeon friend said, an ear, nose and throat surgeon works around the head and neck and throat and the ears, a gynecologist, orthopedic surgeon and so on. Maxillofacial surgery also has its boundaries. And um, I've enjoyed that thoroughly. Yeah. I really have. And yes, I went back into academics. I ran 50% of my time as private practice and 50% of my time in academics. So you've taught a lot of dentists and surgeons in your time. I have 42 years of specialist practice. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. That was the challenge. Yeah. And now uh, your next choice is Andrea Bocelli and Celine Dion singing the prayer. Let's listen to it, and then we can comment on it. Sure. Here it comes. That was Andrea Bocelli and Celine Dion singing the prayer. It was the choice of Professor Russell Lurie, who's my guest in People of Note tonight. That's the program you're listening to on Classic 1027. I'm Richard Koch, 
And this program is broadcast every Sunday from 6 to 8. And now we're going to come on to a very interesting piece, uh, another choir which has been around a long time in Joburg, Imilonji Kantu, run by George Mkladana, uh, another good friend of mine. And at some stage, the two choirs, the, the Joburg Jewish Male Choir and Imilonji Kantu, must have joined together. Absolutely. We had two concerts together. And this is difficult for me to say, but it was hard on us because the rabbinates had come to hear that men and women were singing together. And what was, I think, to be a great venture was stifled. George, who has also become a very good friend, uh, persuaded the males in his choir to sing with us. We had a concert with them, and then powers that be within the Imalonji group felt that they were not being allowed to express themselves. And um, by excluding them, it was wrong. And fortunately, one of the reverends of the uh, community, the black community, spoke in the language of the people and said we have customs, we have ways of living, and we have to respect each other. And if this is the way it's got to be in this type of Orthodox Jew Judaism, they must accept it. And so um, we just haven't got together again. I had the great honor of being invited by George to sing at a function in Soweto. And my experience of Soweto was driving from Uncle Charlie's to Baragwanath Hospital every day. And uh, so for me that was a great honor. Well, here it comes. It's Vukani Madora, Wake Up Men. Perhaps appropriate since you told <laughs> us that little story. Wake up, men, Vukani Madoda. Here it comes. That was a great song called Vukani Madoda, and it was performed by Imilonji Kantu Choral Society and members of the Joburg Jewish Male yeah. Choir. It's the choice of Russell Lurie, who's my guest in People of Note tonight. Now we're coming to another interesting piece. This is a Sabbath prayer. Uh, just pronounce it for me. Shabbat. Shabbat prayer yes. uh, called Mam Mamala, Mamala, which is the mother, yes, and Shabbat. If I might take you and the listeners uh, along an Alice in Wonderland path, the Sabbath is the pinnacle of the end of the week where people must rest as commanded and you shall work six days of the week and Seventh day you'll rest. The Sabbath starts with the mother of the house lighting candles. And usually the number of candles that are lit dependent on the number of children that they have. And I know in our home on a Friday night there's not enough room for the candles because I have children who live in New York who are observant and children in Israel with great great-grandchildren -grand and great-grandchildren. So we've got lots of candles. And um, the blessings are said over the light because this is what life is all about, the light of life. And there are songs that are sung at the dinner table and the lunchtime table. And um, what we found was that there are three different songs of Mamala. Mamala means the mother. Uh, so if we sang my Yiddish mama, people said, why didn't you sing my this mama? So Evelyn Green and myself, and I must pay her a tremendous compliment because we've worked together for some 30 years and she's been a wonderful teacher. Um, she said to me, we can't go on like this. Let us synthesize some of the songs and so we took 
my Yiddish mama, which is the mamala, and the Sabbath side of it from Fiddle on the Roof. May the Lord bless and keep you. And uh, we put the two together. And when you hear the song, you will hear the beauty of the Sabbath. Here it comes. That was Mamala, a Shabbat prayer or Sabbath prayer. The choice of Russell Lurie, my guest in People of Note. Now, I presume, because I've come across some wonderful um, tenors, particularly uh, in the Jewish community. I, I remember Bernie Lowe, uh, one of my, the first uh, connection with the Jewish community when I came to Johannesburg was Bernie Lowe, because he sang in my choir, and uh, he was a fantastic tenor. And I, I notice you've chosen uh, not a Jewish tenor, but another great Italian tenor to sing the next piece. Well, I hope one will realize my mind's fairly broad. But may I tell you a, may I tell you a little story about um, Bernie Lowe? Yes. I got a call from Gus Levy two days before the Jewish New Year. Bernie could not open his mouth. It just clamped shut. And he had this responsibility of singing. And what Bernie was doing out of tension, out of stress, he was clenching his teeth. And all the muscles around the jaws, the neck, the head, went into the spasm. And Bernie Two days before the High two Holy Days. Two days before the High Holy Days. Wow. So we got him, we got him onto anxiolytics. It's a tranquilizer, anti-inflammatories, home physiotherapy, active physiotherapy with a physiotherapist and there was Bernie two nights later um, singing so beautifully yeah. and um, interesting that you brought it up because this has just come out here before we sing anything else I've just published this The Mystique of the Temporal Mandibular Joint it's um, all about people who have problems with the joints of the jaw they can't open or clicking joints and so on, but there I've yeah. detracted too much. So, so here comes Luciano Pavarotti, who doesn't seem to have any problems with opening his mouth not because what a great sound <laughs> comes out of him. This is Nessun Dorma. That was the great Luciano Pavarotti singing Nessun Dorma, a very famous aria from Turandot by Puccini, the choice of Russell Lurie, who's my guest in People of Note. You mentioned uh, Evie Green, and she's been a great figure in Joburg music for many, many years. And I see that this, the, the next piece is also uh, a composition of hers and yours. Mm -hmm. Tell us about that. Well, um, I wanted to see if I could compose something, but remember that my musical strengths didn't exist in terms of composing, but I could hear sounds, I could hear voices, and I said to Evie, I'm going to whistle a tune, and please just write it down, and we've we got to make something. This prayer, Umipnei Chato'enu, is recited on the high holy days and festivals, and it's in three parts. In the days of your sacrifices used to be taken, put on an altar and what have you, and um, everybody had a good time thereafter. But then people started becoming a little dissident. They didn't observe the laws of Moses, and uh, they were exiled from the lands and from the countries. And so when one listens to the composition, the words avinu avinu, that means our father, our father in heaven. This, the second part of the composition, is an appeal to God to rescind the decisions of dispersing the people. And the kindness of the good Lord brought along peace between God and the people, and with song, 
and one will hear the words Vakarev Pazurenu Melech Rachaman with gladness and song. We will come back to you because you are a Melech um, Rachamenu, you are a sensitive, peaceful God. And so we put this song together, this felt really good about it. Umipne Chataeinu. This is a song composed by Evelyn Green and Russell Lurie and sung by my guest Russell Lurie and the Joburg Jewish Male Choir. Evelyn played the piano. That was Russell Lurie singing with the Joburg Jewish Male Choir with Evelyn Green accompanying singing Umipne Chataeinu, a song composed by Evelyn Green and Russell Lurie. Now, what's interesting about um, what we've been playing during this program is that most of these have been locally produced. So you've obviously been recording a lot of the concerts and performances that you've done, or have you done them in studio somewhere? No, it's usually uh, live performances. Uh, We probably have about three studio recordings, but all the others have been live. And just judging by who's been singing on these, uh, you've obviously been one of the leading lights of the the solo world in the choir. Well, to answer the question again, um, I'm there by default because the soloists, unfortunately, are no longer with us. Bob Barofsky lives in Australia. We don't get people from abroad because they were usually the soloists. The cantors from abroad, they were the soloists. And the people that you see listed here, Evron Alta, Gilly uh, Chrysler, um, Ezra Scher, they are all cantors in particular suburban synagogues in Johannesburg. And the same applies in this next piece, which is You Raise Me Up. Uh, it features Ivor Joffe, uh, Lieb, is it Lieb Hurwitz? Uh, Aria Leib Hurwitz. Leib He's, Hurwitz. Uh, an Israeli working out of the United States. And it features you and Ezra Schur. You Raise Me Up. That was the wonderful song, You Raise Me Up, uh, made famous by Josh Groban. Uh, But it was arranged for the Joburg Jewish Male Choir and a quartet of soloists. And it's a a fitting tribute to uh, all the work that you've done, Russell, not, not only professionally as as an, a surgeon and a maxillofacial and oral surgeon, but also with what you've done in the music world. Thank you. I've just enjoyed it and I've given back a little bit. And you still are enjoying it. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think it's amazing. that and, and what is wonderful about music is that one can go on doing it. I mean, you know, I'm probably past retirement age now, but I'm certainly enjoying what I do, and I'll be going on doing. I mean, they say musicians just go on till they drop. (laughs) Well, we certainly do. And you've always done it in your own particular way. And I mean, it's amazing that, you know, from your beginnings as as a, a not, well, a sociable student at Rhodes University, you became a professor at WITS and a very distinguished professor. Are you, uh, what, are you, what are you called when you are still attached to the university, like emeritus or? No, there's none no, of that. They just none. say, will you come and give a lecture or two? <laughs> <laughs> do you still do that? Every now and then and give yeah. postgraduate tutorials, yes. yes. Um, so you're still involved professionally yes. also, yeah. Yeah, I do uh, medical legal work. I don't do surgery yes. anymore. Yes. I just do medical legal yeah. report. Um, have you got some time? me to just tell you about the probably last or penultimate song yes, we're going to do, which my is way. my way yeah yes because you've always done it your way <laughs> there was a big congress maxillofacial surgery congress in Amshanga rocks and i was asked to do the last lecture uh make the whole story and i ended up by saying if you want to get somewhere you must adopt a pathway and call it my way. And I gave the lecture and clap, 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 clap. And I had planned with the technician to put a disc into the computer and the music of came on. 
and I sang it. Well, the next thing is I saw this horde of people standing up and applauding. And I said, I'll come back next year. <laughs> I'll sing it again. <laughs> well, and you have done it your way right from the beginning. Uh, it must be interesting, actually. I, I'm not an only child myself. You were obviously a much-loved child in your family. And um, I, I guess you had to do it your way because you were the only child yeah, in that family. True. Yeah. True. And uh, you obviously said what you wanted to say. You, you had determined on a particular path in your life, and you just took it and did it your way. And that's what we're going to hear now. This is my guest in People of Note, Professor Russell Lurie and the Joburg Jewish Male Choir. And this is sung, I see, in English and Yiddish. Is that unusual? Yeah, we, very unusual. We've got to translate it. Yeah. Uh, cater for all members of the community. So here it yeah. is, the last choice of Professor Russell Lurie, My Way. So that was My Way, sung in English and Yiddish, by my guest in People of Note, Professor Russell Lurie, with the Joburg Jewish Male Choir. Of course, the song was made famous by Frank Sinatra, but it's a perfect way to finish this program of People of Note. And I just want to thank you, Russell, for coming on the program. Uh, thank you very much indeed. And thank you to our listeners at home uh, who've been with us on this journey. And just to remind you that I'm back with the full works every weekday evening. And, of course, I'll be back next Sunday with more People of Note at 6 p.m. So thanks again to you. Thank you very much, Richard. And... Um it was a pleasure to be here. Am I allowed a little commercial? By all means. Thank you. At the end of the month, Evelyn and myself are involved in a webinar traveling with cantors and choirs. So um, that is tra having with, this yeah, traveling with, with cantors, cantors and, and choirs. choirs. And um, we're going to tell the story of cantors and choirs and intersperse with music. And how do people find out about it? Where where can they go? Well, we hope that on over the weekend the links will be published. Okay. So um, we hope, if I can use your organization yes. to... Um, Cantors and choirs. Cantors and choirs, yes. There we go. So that's um, coming up next weekend. 23rd yes. and 30th. It's there two we webinars. Go. Okay. Thank you. So there we go. That's it for tonight. Thanks for listening. And until next time, from all of us here at Classic 1027, we wish you a very good night.